that's in rebellion, God. I'll, come on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cast down every high thing. I'm going to cast down every imagination. Come on, I don't care what the mind of the flesh want to say, but I'm going to put on the mind of the spirit. It doesn't matter what I feel. I'm going to put on the mind of the spirit. God, I'm not controlled by my feelings, but your truth stands in my life. The truth of your spirit stands in my life. You told me, say, if, the, if the, let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich, which means, God, no matter what my current fact is, he said, say the truth. Sometime I might not feel it, but if I can start speaking the truth over my life, if I can start declaring the truth over my mind, declaring the truth over my body, then I'm going to catch up to what he said. I throw away every negative word, God, every word that doesn't align with your words, God. You are God and God alone. Help me to say what you say. Help me to say what you say about me. Come on. Come on. I want you to say that over your life. Help me to say what you say about me. Come on. I'm tired of telling lies on myself. I'm tired of telling myself what I think about myself. I want you, I want to know, I want to say what you say about me. I want to say what you say about my children. I want to say what you say about my wife. I want to say what you say about my husband. I want to say what you say about this world. I want to say what you say. Thank you for extending your grace to me. Extending your power. You say, well, we are weak. You are strong, God. So we pour our weakness into your strength this morning. We pour everything, God, that any inability, God, we put it in you right now. And we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. Paul said, I came to you in weakness. In trembling, that your faith may not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of Almighty God. So we thank you, Lord. We put our not our confidence in the flesh, but we pour our confidence in your spirit. We give you praise, honor, and glory this day. In Jesus' mighty name. And if you love him, can you say amen? Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, if you can go to 1 Kings 19 for me. 1 Kings 19, and we're going to read 2 through 4, and we're going to read verse 9 through 10. I want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Those who are watching online, we want to say happy Father's Day to you. We thank God for fathers. We thank God for grandfathers. We thank God for spiritual fathers. We thank God for all fathers and those who take on the ownership of fathering. Have the spirit of fathering. We thank God for what he's doing. Amen. I'm not going to hold you long this morning. I believe, you know, there's many things that men can say, but I just want to share what I believe God wants to say during this time with us this morning. 
I'm going to talk this morning on the subject of standing. I want to teach us how to stand beyond the normative stages of standing. God is not only interested in us winning wars and winning battles, but he's interested in us learning how to be sustained and maintained as we go. Which means endurance matters. Somebody say endurance matters. What is it that I start but I can't endure to the end? We have watched men, we have watched fathers, we have watched people start well. But it wasn't the start that got them. It was the enduring that killed them. And so God is wanting us to understand how to endure. And this is not only for fathers. This is for you. Because I believe the principle that I'm going to teach on today will help you understand that outside of God, your endurance will always be cut short. Can you hear what I'm saying? I want you to go to 1 Kings 19, 2 through 4. Thank you, Nanjo. 1 Kings 19, 2 through 4. And then we're going to jump to 9 through 10. Hallelujah. Anybody excited about being in the house of God this morning? Amen. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah. Thank you, sir. Saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. And went to Bathsheba, where, uh, which belongs to Judah, and left his servants there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under the broom tree. And he prayed that he might die. And said, it is enough now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. I'm going to read that again. Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. And there he went into the cave and spent the night in the place, in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with a sword. I alone am left and they seek to take my Life. Can you say it, man? Thank you. You can hit the music for me. We understand in this passage of scripture that Elisha, the one who called fire down from heaven, the one who walked with God in mighty ways, is now at a point, and I'm going to jump right to it. Somebody say, jump right to it. <laughs> I'm going to jump right to it. You know, I'm, I'm one of those, if you don't jump right to it too long, I get lost. I, you know, thank you for the story. Y'all can do that. You know, we'll do that in Bible study, but I want to get right to it. Hallelujah. Uh, um, so he, he, this is someone 
walk with God, calling down fire from heaven. Think about the license that you need and you have with God when you can call fire down from heaven. He had the knowledge of God so much so that he can interpret God's divine design, God's divine uh, imprint on his life. He knew when God had an assignment for him to destroy and to build up, to tear down. And there's a point where he is using and doing all the things that God has called him to do, using his strength, using what uh, being on the assignment of God. And he comes to this point where strength, strength is now being depleted from him. And I want you to understand something. He makes a comment and says, I am no better than my fathers. Now, I don't know about you. When somebody makes a comment like that, that means that they're either identifying that their fathers missed something, didn't reach something, didn't finish something that they should have finished. It's interesting that we live in a generation and I'm going to make sure that I slow down enough. It's interesting that we live in a generation. And and when you ask about fathers, even today, when we say Father's Day, uh, everybody have a different perception and a different perspective on Father's Day, depending on where your life and where you come from. Whether your father was there, whether you uh, whether he was in your life, whether he was in tune in your life, even if you had a father in, in the house and he wasn't necessarily he was there, but not there. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Which means he wasn't engaged with you. He didn't help you understand your identity. He didn't help you understand your purpose. He didn't understand the will and intent and in, uh, the purposes for what you were supposed to become and be. How many know that we weren't supposed to grow up trying to figure out life? The problem we're having today is we have a generation that's learning how to figure out life on their own. And it's interesting because everything starts with the order of God and the mind of God. So the mind of God and the order of God says that I start with a family. Somebody say family. Everything in God has an order. Everything has a order and when you break the order you will always see the ramification of the order being broken a lot of people look at what's going on today very different and i've been saying this over the course of weeks that it's beyond the rebellion beyond the issues beyond what's going on on the uh, the level that we can see from our eyes there is something that's spiritually wrong and the spiritually, the spiritual thing that's really wrong is, it's the lack of order. If we run around and, and, and we, we come up with all these things and we don't and we misunderstand God's divine order, we are not understanding the spirit of the rebellion in which it's rooted from. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Anytime you see rebellion in the church, you can always know it was ordered from the house. Anytime you see rebellion in a community, it it, it started from a house. Why? We all come from a house. And so you have to understand and make sure that we get this clear that it's impossible for us to really flow 
fluently how God wants to us to flow if we can't deal with the spirit of fatherlessness. And I want you to understand, I said the spirit of fatherlessness, and I want you to understand that even though fathers even may be there, and which is a very good thing, even though a, a father can't even be there, and we're not even talking about the ones that's not there, but even the ones that are there, giving up don't always look like giving up when somebody's gave up. I don't know about you, but I know I think we think someone gave up uh, 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 um, um, when we can tell the the uh, the obvious of giving up. You know, the obvious of giving up depression, walking away, uh, um, um, silence. You know what? I actually have a list of them here. I can help you here. The, 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 the spirit of giving up. Elijah was proving and he's showing the spirit of what? Giving up. He, he got tired. He got wore out. He. You know, he's working and doing the things of God. He's he's doing what he's supposed to do. You know, it's so interesting that you can be on the agenda. Working. Doing what you're supposed to do. And all of a sudden you get this thing that come over you that wants to make you give up. How many of y'all ever felt like giving up? Can we be honest? Hallelujah. You say, Pastor, felt like it. Uh, I'm here right now, brother. To, yeah, you better, you better have something good this morning because uh, <laughs> you can't come with it. <laughs> I'm going to be walking out that door with something. <laughs> Click down for me. Keep going down for me. Giving up. And you have to understand. Hit the next one for me. Get the next one for me. Next one for me. I hope I put it in here. Next one for me. Jesus. All right. Maybe I didn't put it in there. Hit the next one for me. Next one. No, I didn't put it. All right. Go all the way up. But when we talk about the spirit of giving up, what I want you to understand is anything outside of the identity or identifier or the particle of God in you that's not being worked out has been given up. Which means giving up doesn't have to mean that you, you're not working. Giving up doesn't have to mean that you're not doing something. Giving up doesn't mean that you're not make, you're not moving. Giving up just means you're giving up on the ability and the consecration of the mandate that's on your life for what you were born for. It's easy to do the things in the world. I can get two jobs and chill. I can get three jobs and just worry about my bills and and, and build a, a, a healthy uh, uh, promise, you know, uh, just some future for my family. Oh, I can run and do that. But when God calls. See, the problem with society today is we haven't identified what really giving up looks like. See, see, because we haven't identified what purpose looked like and identifying our agenda and um, in alignment with God. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? So he knew, Elisha knew, God, I can go and act 
a certain way. I can go back and do the same routines. But I, you know what? This thing that you got me keep doing for you, I'm tired. This too much. The Israelites is against me. The prophetess is against me. Delilah and, and uh, um, uh, this witch is against me. They, 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 you know, they want to stone me. They want to kill me. They threaten my life. And you know what? I am tired of running. Have you ever got tired of running? See, if you're in your comfort zone, you, you might not know what I'm talking about this, this day. You know, you might just be ready for me to finish so you can go and sit down, get your beer and watch your football and chill. But when you understand the purposes of God in your life and you understand what he is calling you to do and become. In fact, the Bible says the spirit of the Lord comes upon you. He said, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me for a purpose. What is that purpose? To do stuff, to do the will of him. He'll bring, recover sight to the blind. Heal the brokenhearted. What he's saying is, I called you to deal with pain. Somebody say deal with pain. Uh, see, the problem with Christians is we haven't learned that you came into Christ. But you came in, but you're going to be working to deal with pain. That's why when a believer tells me that they want to run from pain. I know they don't understand what God is trying to do in them because you're actually called to pain. You are the light of the world. Which means they need the light. So who of the weather pain is running to is the light. And if you don't have the light, you, that means you're still looking for the light. Somebody say, I'm called to pain. Mm. So we have a issue because Elijah is addressing his fathers. He said, listen, am I just like my fathers? What he's saying is, am I like those who gave up? Am I like Moses who struck the rock? He gave up. Am I like those like uh, uh, Jonah who wanted to quit? He, he, he got in. You know, he like, God, no, I ain't, I, I ain't going down that road. Go ahead and swallow me up. I'd rather die. I know we got some Jonas in here trying to run from God. That well been tearing you up. You're like, all right, God. I, I, I obey. <laughs> he said, am I like my fathers that didn't cross the bridge? What do you do when you see your Superman fall? This is why it's vital how you are perceived in the eyes of those who are around you, especially your children, especially those you have influence with. Why? Because if they're not mature enough to understand what, what it takes to uh, uh, attain and maintain and manage people's pain, they'll, they will, will, will uh, um, come out of respect and honor of who you are. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? We are dealing with a rebellious generation. Somebody say rebellious. Now, I want you to understand where rebellion come from. Rebellion come from. It come from the lack of honor. 
The lack of honor comes from the lack of stewardship and management. Comes from the lack of order. It actually started in the, 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 uh, when they was walking through Israel. The Israelites, the children of Israel. You know, the, 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 there were adults in Israel and they was disobedient. What do you think their children was doing? Watching disobedience. So their master disobedient. That's why he told Joshua, I need you to circumcise this generation. I don't need all that flesh that their parents bought that didn't make it. I don't I need you to get and cut. I need them to be sensitive to the spirit. Because they their parents did not obey in the wilderness and they watched their parents be blatantly rebellious. And where there's blatant rebellious, there is dishonor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because where there's rebellion, there could not be an answer. The word of God rests on truth. The word of God is produced in truth. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So what I want you to understand is the rebellion that's coming forth. It comes from a lack of foundation. And the institution of order, and I'm talking about divine order. Instituted from a family. Where there is rebellion, where there is rebellion unaddressed, you will always see a masquerading of the adversary doing what he wants to do. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So what I want you to understand is Elijah is now tired and he's ready to give up. And he's addressing his fathers. I don't want to be like my fathers. Am I just like my fathers who going to give up? Which means he's addressing himself based on what's going on the outside rather than what he has on the. And we got to understand during that time, it wasn't necessarily on the inside. God was using him from the outside. But 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 what I want you to understand, God is trying to address us. If we keep perceiving life from the outside and we can't deal with our insides. We're always going to fall short of what God is calling us to do. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Today we need. Fathers, but not only fathers, we need fathers who know how to stand. The Bible tells us, having done all to what? Stand. Am I able to click this? Go down for me. One more time. One more time. Let's write here. Ephesians. Let's read this. Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, my brother, be what? Strong in the Lord and the what? Power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to what? Stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand, what? Stand. Now, what I want you to understand something, uh, 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 understand something that you, you need to get. God never told you 
to necessarily fight with your flesh. A lot of us, we fight, especially fathers, we fight. Our fight sometimes come by our resources. We, we believe that if we make a lot of money, we got a good fight. We believe if we're at home, we got a good fight. We believe if we, we are doing certain things and we are looking like what society calls a man and society calls a father, that we're fighting properly. Until all of those don't matter anymore. The reason why I'm addressing this is because if we can't identify what has happened over the generations, if you can't know what's wrong, how can you fix what was wrong? It's so interesting that, you know, especially and mostly in the older generation, please don't beat me up. I'm not talking about you. I honor you. But one of the things that, that, that I think that has corrupted them is that they've been having these, uh, um, you know, these mantras, you know, what's in the house stays in the house. And it's good to a certain degree. You got to, you know, but, 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 but you know, and, and then we come from that generation that tell you don't think, just obey. Don't talk. Just what? Obey. Do as oh, I like that when you said something. Do as I say, not as I do. Now it's interesting because I never found that scripture in the Bible. And the detriment to that is if you believe that a child would do what you say only and not as you do, you are greatly deceived. Because the reality of it is all of us have a portion. And if you haven't allowed yourself to grow in God enough, you're actually living out what your parents have done rather than what they said. Yes, absolutely. Your behavior actually conformed to what they've done. The way you handle money is how they did it. The way you think sometimes is how they did it. The way you cook is how they do it. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Now make sure them pots is right. Let me, let me get up over there. I'm going to take that one out. Keep that potato pie right, all right? Make that consistent. Uh, don't mess with that. But you have to understand that a lot of things that you've learned along the way is by observation. You don't learn everything by what people say. You learn by observation, which means it matters little what I say, but it matters much what I do. And so it is very vital. And listen, it's very uh, you, you definitely have to have strategic. Strategic thought placements in God to understand how to navigate a family. And I'm going to try to stay in line here. A family and leading and guiding a family is complex. Somebody says complex. You know, why it's complex because we're dealing with complex people. Anything you're dealing with people is going to be what? Complex. That's why you can't think everything is one way. You can't always run to a religious ideology or something that you learn in discipleship class. You got to have discernment. Somebody say discernment. Because if you don't know how to discern individuals for where they are and who they are, you might miss an important inflection point. An important point that God wants to highlight in that person's life. So let me get to the point here. God is saying. 
we've been having a spirit of give up. Men, fathers, been having the spirit of giving up. And we want to know how to get back on our feet. Somebody say, I'm going to get on my feet. Hallelujah. Be strong in the Lord and in the what? Power of whose might? His might. It, it, it has to be from what? His might. You can never go beyond his might. You can never go beyond his wisdom. You can never go beyond his counsel. How many of you know you need God's counsel? How many of you know if, as a father you got to have the spirit of counsel? There are times my children, even at, at my son who's running in here right now, there are times he'll get in an emotional roller coaster. And it's easy for me to say, man, fix yourself up and go sit down. But God would deal with me and say, no, I need you to go walk him through this process of what he's feeling. Because if he keep his head around, he stays on his butt on the, uh, in the floor. He, uh, the adversary is going to mess with his thought patterns in this moment. How many have you, how many times have you been sitting on the wayside and because nobody came to counsel you in the moment, the adversary stole the narrative of your heart? Where there is no voice, the adversary comes to steal the narrative of your heart. The only difference between him and me is chronological age and the words that we've embraced. Y'all better hear me this morning. What is the difference between your child and you? Chronological age and watch this, the words that you've embraced. Faith comes by, which means you can only gain faith. Now, faith not, it don't only have to be in God. You can put faith in other things. So if you're not bringing an eternal word of faith, an eternal word that can sustain one, you're actually bringing something temporary that can never be sustained. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So what I want you to understand is God is saying. The only thing that I'm going to teach you to do is stand. Somebody say stand. You got to learn how to stand. In fact, the Bible says in James 4, 7, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will what? Flee from you. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will what? Lift you up. Why am I, talk why am I talking about this? I, Pastor, I heard you talk about this stand stuff. Why do you keep talking about this? Because if you don't understand how to learn to stand with the word of God, you're going to keep moving out of place. You're going to keep allowing yourself to get in tune with illegitimate voices. You're going to keep allowing yourself to deny yourself and give yourself uh, agendas and opportunities and, and, and things and thought processes that God never instituted in your life. Why? Because you think you have to move before time. You think you have to move before God. You think you have to move into something that you haven't allowed yourself to get enough of God and institute your life into him. A father that is there is very good. But a father that has God on his tongue 
will do the God. Will leave an inheritance of eternal value to his family. Just because you leave an inheritance doesn't mean your children ought to keep it. One thing that we've gotten wrong, and if you look at the numbers, you will see that many people have left millions to their family. And I know, especially in with this race thing that's going on, we think that a lot of people inherit. A lot of it is a lie because a lot of them haven't inherited. They lost it. It's really not true. They've lost it. It was spent by the wayside. What's not eternal can be spent. Which means if you're not leaving your home something that's eternal, they will always fall short at a certain point in their life. Somebody say eternal value. Which means if you're not growing in eternal value, everything that you're building will be short lived. If you're not looking for eternal value in those that you're shepherding, everything that you're building will be short lived. Somebody say watch your mouth. Come on, you got to learn to watch your mouth. Why do I'm saying watch your mouth? Because if you don't learn how to use your words wisely and bring eternal, how do we bring eternal value? By what we say. But if the word is not in you, what you're going to, what you're saying is not, it's not coming right. It's, it's not going to be said right. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? See, some of us, and let, let me touch this. Stop, stop, stop. Giving your children what you think about you. Stop giving your children your perceptions that don't, it doesn't agree with God. You wondering why they have a problem with jobs. You wonder why they have mentalities that's not born out of Christ. It's because of the things that you are saying to them. I grew up, you know, it was five kids. So, you know, sometime we went to McDonald's or Burger King. We had to split that one burger in fives. Boy, that beast was good. You, you, you better grab quickly. You understand? If we went out to eat, oh, this was good for the year. You understand? So you have to understand it's nothing wrong with that. But if you're talking low, if you're bringing the mentality low around the environment of those you're building up, you're actually instituting in them that mentality of lower level thought patterns that God never called you to think from. Which means even if your child asks for a toy, don't ever say, I don't have it. Change your language. Say, you just can't get it. Somebody say, change your language. You got to build kings and priests. You, you're not just building. You don't you're not building just I'm talking about servants. That, that's not the, the, the servant like God called you to listen. They're not built into servitude. That's why a lot of women, when you, you know, you meet a man, they take you out to a good restaurant. You're ready to go get married. I better be careful here. I'm, I'm Jesus. All right. <laughs> why? Because you're in you. You are instituting your framework and you think because this is happening. 
and you never experienced that because now this thing has come. It's enlightened you. It brought your emotions. It brought your mentality. It brought everything where you're not even thinking logically, spiritually. Usually men don't think logically with their bodies, but women don't think logically with conversation if it's too good. Isn't this Father's Day? Why are you talking? What you talking about, man? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Oh, Jesus, Jesus. I done touched something this morning. Be careful of qualifying what God haven't qualified. Be careful of justifying what God haven't justified. Don't you qualify what God haven't qualified. Don't you justify what God haven't justified. Which means don't you conjoin with no one who do not have eternal value coming out of their spirit. But let me get back to the fathers because I don't want to get off task yet. So you have to understand that a father is supposed to be on the altar of the house. Covering, protecting, providing, keeping. But when a father doesn't have the instructions or the tools to manage all the spiritual components, raise up a child as they should go. And when they are raised, they will not what? Depart. Now, what the church have misunderstood about that is that word raised really means if you go down deep into it, really, really down deep into it, it really means to indoctrinate. Somebody say indoctrinate, which means you you're supposed to indoctrinate this child so much so that they don't know nothing else but the the movement of God. But we have qualified, and I'm not pointing, listen to me, I'm not picking with him, I'm just helping us to understand God's intent. We have qualified mismanagement. We have qualified the dereliction of duty. Which means when I talk to men and they think because they have a good job, not knowing that their kids are running off somewhere wrong, it means that they only understand one portion of the management principle that God has instituted for the house. So we have to understand that to get the mandate for man, to get the mandate from God, to get the mandate of the mind. Why am I saying this? Because if you can't get the mandate of God, you can't understand what God is trying to lead and guide you. If you don't understand that God is the counselor, somebody say God is the counselor. There are things that you might not know, but God will give you wisdom to the wisdom, how to counsel, how to lead, how to come on. I don't know about you. When I first got married, I was like, my wife thought I was crazy praying so much, but she didn't know if I didn't pray. If I didn't get the counselor, sweetheart, I don't know how to lead this. You and me, we knew. I'm crazy. You crazy. This ain't going to work. I need God. Y'all acting like y'all ain't crazy. Oh, we are all crazy without God. See, that's the problem. You you don't you don't qualify your flesh like you ain't crazy. No, y'all y'all some crazy jokers. See, that's the the church don't qualify their flesh. That's the problem. Oh, I tell you, I'm crazy without God. Don't leave pastor. I need a Bible or something. 
Give me a word. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't go to school only for this. School came after. This was a life change. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Your need and your seed has to come from on high. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Having done all to stand, make sure that you stand, which means you cannot stand if you don't have enough of him. God never told you to fight in your flesh. We live in a generation where fathers, men, those who are called to protect, those who are called to counsel, those who are called to lead are going to have to stand and learn how and allow others to pour out upon them. Somebody say the spirit of rebellion. Y'all stay with me. I might be all over the place a little bit, but just stay with me. Are y'all getting anything out of this? Now, I want you to understand why am I talking about the spirit of rebellion? The spirit of rebellion is because of the lack of fathering and the lack of order. And where there's lack of order, there will always be the lack of honor. Where there's lacking order, there will always be lack of honor. What do I mean by honor? If I am in my house and my children are in the house and they're not obeying or listening to what I say, they're telling me what to do. That's called the lack of honor. And if I don't deal with that spirit, I'm going to break the order. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? It's so interesting that we go to school for our jobs. You need a degree to be the doctor. You need a degree to work anywhere if you want to make some money here. I need, if you, come on, if you want to do that, I need to. But it's interesting that as soon as you have a baby, as soon as you get married, nobody's at the hospital saying, can I see your credentials and the tools that you know how to take care of this child? Nobody asks. One family we talked to before, they didn't know the child needed to eat more than one time a day. The child is crying. They brought it back to the hospital. They say, do you know your child needs to eat more than once? They didn't know what was wrong with the child. So how can you train me to work a job, but you don't care how I raise my family? Somebody say mismanagement. That's why God is. Not, that's why God wants you to be know what the system is doing. But he say, don't be like the system because the system don't care about your development of the family. They only care of how much money you make. They only care how much you're going to listen. They're, they're only they're battling for power. They're battling for to go ahead. They don't care about the heart issue. They don't care about the spirit issue. They want to know. Can, do you have the credentials to do what the world has made you to be valuable in? 
But God is calling. He said, listen to me. If I can't restore the, the fathers and the sons, if I can't restore the hearts of the fathers back to the sons and the sons back to the fathers, we're going to have a problem. Somebody says it's time for restoration. Come on, it's time for restoration. Which means we got to restore some fathers. We got to restore some families. When you restore the father, you can restore the family. I'm going to say that again. If you can restore the father, you can restore the family. You're, now I'm going to step on some toes here because, you know, I, I, I've been hearing this and, and God check it. You know, I don't know if it was God, it was me, but I'm going to just put it out there. You know, we always say if mama not happy, ain't nobody happy. But the only problem with that is if mama happy without daddy being happy, I don't think mama can really be happy. Which means if I make you happy at the expense of my happiness, what's really happening is you're going to feel my discomfort in that house. And it's impossible for you to be happy unless you're just selfish. I'm like, all right, they really, I'm, I'm coming to the altar, Pastor. Hurry, hurry up, because maybe I'm just selfish because I don't care what about that joker. <laughs> that joker be happy or not. I'm doing my thing. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So it all starts with the father. If you empower him, he by default will empower her. And if you empower her, they will empower the children. And then their community be empowered. Then the world will be empowered. But if we keep messing up and missing out on the man. Somebody say encourage that man. Why? Because there are pressures that are unseen. That man is trying to live what he don't even understand. That man is so confused. Listen, he stands even in confusion. You might ask him, what do we know? And he'll say, I know, knowing that he don't know. Why? Because he has to protect and cover for you. Somebody say, encourage that man. So we have a spirit. The broken spirit comes from fatherlessness. And where there's fatherlessness, there's disorder. And where there's disorder, there is dishonor. I've been saying that all along. Why I say that? Because even the church today don't want to hear what pastors are saying. The order of the house. They don't care what prophets are saying. They're going to tell you what the real is. Do you know God cares about your order? And your order will show how much you honor now let me tell you something honor doesn't even always mean i have to agree can i can i flow here just for a second the spirit of honor doesn't even always mean i have to agree honor your father and your mother which is the first commandment with promise Find that scripture. I have it on my PowerPoint. Honor them. Somebody say honor them. them. Why is he saying honor them? Why did he say honor your leaders? No matter if it's it's something that uh, uh, they're doing wrong or right. Why? Because he's trying to teach you the principle of honor has nothing to do with your flesh. The principle of honor has to do with the spirit of God and the heart that he's given you. Honor comes from an understanding. Write that down. Honor comes from understanding. Who gives you understanding? With all that getting it, what? Understanding. Understanding. You can't honor what you don't understand. 
And you can't go where you can't honor. Favor will always be produced when you learn to honor. When you see the lack of favor, you will always see the lack of honor. Nobody gives you license outside of honor. You know, it's hard to preach on this stuff. You know why? Because it got so many directions. There's so many directions. You hear what I'm saying? But I want to help you understand the principle or the precept of standing. Because if we can't understand how to get men, how to get fathers to stand and how yourself need to stand, you will always be moved by the winds and waves of different doctrines and things that go on in this life. And God is saying, I want you to understand your responsibility towards me has nothing to do with what people do. It has nothing to do with responses on the outside, but it has to do with how you see me. Thank you. So when you see the lack of honor, by default, there's the lack of order. We're in rooms with people who are telling you, preacher, who are telling you, pastor, who's telling you, apostle, we don't shut our mouth to listen. Let me give you a key. If you're in the room with somebody who know more than you, sometimes shut up. Excuse my French. Because what people don't understand, a wise person can't give you their pearls if you keep talking. So you can be praying for a key, praying for an answer that you're not going to get because your mouth is too much. Because you disqualify yourself where pride is continually to make itself manifest outside of the principle of honor. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Now, I'm not talking about control. The heart of honor has to do with God more than man. The heart of honor has to do more with what? God more than man. Honor your father and your mother, which is what? The first commandment with the promise that it may be well with you and you may live long in earth. Now, honor, like I said, starts in God. Now, the consequence impact is relationship and success in life and physical health. Isn't it something that he said your life will be short if you don't honor right? How many of you still talking crazy to your mama? Uh-oh, geez, all right, Pastor, see, maybe I should have prayed more so I can do this a little more sensitive. How many of you still talking crazy to your pappy? He said, you don't even understand what you're doing. It's beyond what they did. If you don't understand the principle of honor, you're actually breaking my order. Which means for me to understand how to honor a man that I feel don't even need honor, I have to understand him. Are y'all getting something from this? 
My father might watch this, but I, I'm going to just say there are time I was mad. And when God healed me, he showed me he opened my eyes to a lot of things. And I've learned to honor despite what people do, despite what parents do. Even though I have to drag some of my, they might, they might kill me for that. I might drag some of my sisters sometime and everybody else. But, but, but I've learned to settle in honor, no matter what they say, do. Why? Because it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with the God in me and what I'm instructed to understand. Because if I dishonor them, what I'm doing is ordering myself a pan of fries for my children to dishonor me. Which means honor is beyond what people do. Which means even if they weren't there, you got to understand the fact that they're not there. They didn't understand how to even be there. They might have didn't have, listen, they might not even have what you're looking for them to have, what you're expecting them to have. But thanks be the God that you're here anyway. I don't know about y'all. You know, the real blessing is that he gave you life. The real blessing is that he birthed you. The real blessing out of millions sperm cells, I don't know if that's the right language. Y'all can cut it out the camera if you need to. Out of millions, you won the race. Which means I didn't bring myself here, so I'm not going to take credit for myself. But I'm going to learn how to allow myself. Now, I'm not going to justify the pain that came from fatherlessness either. Can I just talk to y'all today? It doesn't mean I justify the pain and what's missing in me where a father was not there to speak. And build my identity. But if I can know. When God says. Even if my mother and my father forsake me. God will take care of me. If I can see him as Abba father. He can come feel some wounds. And when he feel the wounds. There's an understanding. And the spirit of counsel that comes upon me. To understand why he couldn't make it to be a father. And even if he's still alive, I can know how to encourage him to do his duties. You can't expect out of somebody something they don't have to give. I'm going to say that again. Why would you hurt yourself to expect out of somebody something they don't have to give? The very fact that you're expecting them to do something that they don't have to give shows that you still believe in the flesh. So where I believe in the flesh, that means I have to depend on the normative stages of manhood. Well, you should know this because you did this. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? But God is saying, sweetheart, son, it's bigger than that. I need you to see just because responsibility came upon them don't mean they had the ability or the capacity to handle the pressure of it. The reason why men run and fathers run is because the the capacity of responsibility and they will rather they will rather run from the responsibility than to be called a failure.
Somebody say encourage that man. So I, 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 so I want you to understand something. Now I'm going to talk to, to, to the men. What we have to realize is we have to go beyond the normative stage of fathering. I believe it's a day it's more it's a day out for my three and my four and no more. God is calling most of us to be spiritual fathers to children. He's calling us to take care of those who need to be fathered. He's calling us to take care of our, you know what, before I talk about those, even our own household. The Bible says, how can you do anything in my house if you can't do it in your own house? Don't don't never break that commandment. But however, don't you stay steady in that. Because a man outside of a conviction towards God is a dangerous man. That's why if you train a man to work a job and get good money, but you haven't trained him how to steward his soul and the spirit, he will have a good job but be and make good money, but he can't control his sexual temptations. He can't control the, the pressure that comes with the issues of life. And without a condition and a commitment to God, what is it that keeps him away? Men are not men outside of commitment to Christ. In fact, marriage can't be marriage if that man is not committed to Christ. What do you mean by that? His obligation and his commitment to you is because of what Christ is doing in him. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So there is something beyond the normative stages of manhood that we have to see. Amen. I'm going to give you one more thing, one more principle here. Hallelujah. God is trying to get us. You stop right there. God is trying to get us to understand that we cannot allow ourselves to glean from the things on the outside to encourage us. Glean from the things on the outside to equip us. Only, only glean from the things on the outside to be our stepping stone for why we do what we do. Don't just do what you do because of your family. Don't just do what you do because of your children. That's the start of it. That's the administration of it. But there is something beyond that. Women understand men need to see more than you. They need to see a purpose. They need to see the plan of God. They need to see the commitment and the condition. They need to have the God narrative in their being. Do you know a man that doesn't have the God narrative in them can't treat you the way that you need to be treated? They can't lead you the way you need to be led. How many? I don't think no women want a weak man. Look, some of y'all smile. You ain't right about that, Pastor. But we have to understand, how does a man stay strong? How do I get him strong beyond his job? How do I get him strong beyond his workplace? Beyond what, you know, the conversation, beyond our arguments. Uh, Y'all hear what I'm saying? We have to understand how to stay strong. Because it's not from the outside, it's from the 
inside. Read this with me. John 1, 20, excuse me, 21, 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, I know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. And he said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, I, excuse me, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah. I don't know about y'all. I've been tired. I'm like, Jesus, why you keep talking to me like this? Then you told me twice. Where are we going with this? He said, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said a third time, do you love me? See, Peter got, see, Peter get ticked off. Yeah, y'all don't know. Peter like, listen. And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I'm going to stop right there. Feed my sheep. Not because you love them. But because you love me, I need you to keep feeding. Somebody say it's time to feed. The problem with us, we will stop feeding. We will stop going forward when we don't realize that our feeding has nothing to do with you. It has to do with how we love him. Somebody say, tell that man to go pray and get in love. Don't you stop that man. You know why I'm talking about this? Because you more worry about talking to him before he go get talk to Christ. You more worry about taking him out before he go take Jesus out. You more worry about getting him to do something before he can even meet who Christ is before him. Without him being in love with him, he cannot be in love with you. You got to realize, he said, Peter, you're going to give up on her. It, all it takes is a big, a big enough conversation or something that you get, you get what I'm saying. That's why divorce is about the rate of the world today. Yeah. Because it, there was a condition, but Jesus put out the conditions when he told Simon Peter, do you love me? Somebody say, take out the conditions, which means there was always, there will always be a condition in fathering. If you don't know how to yield to the real father. Do you love me? If you love me, do what? Which means I want you to feed because you love me. Don't you have an expectation of how they're going to handle you? The problem why we keep getting ticked off, the problem why men keep leaving the homes, the problem why people keep running away is because they have an expectation to be fed from you rather than being fed from him. And when they're fed from him, they're able to feed no matter what people do. Why is it important for them to be fed from him? Because in this generation, some people need to throw up on you. Before they can be healed. Some conversation I'll have with people. And people say why y'all treating. Why y'all treating a man like that. And I say it's fine. Because I realize. You need your voice to be heard. And after you've done. Giving all what you wanted to spill out. I'm still there. And going to tell you. I'm here for you. 
because I'm not regulating my peace on the outside. I'm regulating my peace from the. Elijah lost because he started to regulate his peace on the outside. And he couldn't find a win on the inside. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Hit the last scripture for me. Go down for me. We have to understand. Go down for me. Stop right there. You got to realize that we are soldiers in the army of the Lord. Somebody say we're soldiers in the army of the Lord. We need some strong soldiers. How many of y'all know we need some strong soldiers? We, we need strong soldiers. We, listen, you women, listen to me. Don't cast off your womanhood because men not. Don't you cast off your womanhood because men are not in place. Don't you manufacture manhood. Responsibilities because men are not in place. God is building a generation of fathers to take on what he's called them to be. But don't get in bitterness and be in place and in the way when God is trying to raise that man to be who he's supposed to be. I know we've been in a raised in a generation. How many of you have been raised just by your mom? Look at that. So we have to understand, how do I treat this man? (laughs) How do I walk with this man? How does this work? Are y'all hear what I'm saying? Because I have to understand the order of God. And if I don't understand the order of God, I'm going to bring dishonor. Somebody say, it's about honor. Without honor, there's no favor. David had a problem. He had the same problem. Somebody say David. And David too had two wives. Jesus, David, you need to slow down, brother. No man just just and Abigail, the widow of Nabal and the Kevlite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. The people spoke of what? Stoning him because of the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the what? In the Lord. Now it's interesting. We're going to get to the strengthening in the Lord. But I want you to understand. It's interesting how when, when something is taken away, people fall out of order. And when they fall out of order, they fall out of honor. They're like, no, Joe, I'm about to kill you now. The spirit of the people was so distressed because of what was going on. I think we live in a generation of the people spirits are distressed. And you will be stoned (laughs) quickly. But if you live from what people are saying and what people are doing. And you don't have an eternal peace. Somebody say eternal peace. peace. And an internal peace. You're going to continue to allow yourself to be feeding off the wrong place from the wrong place. David encouraged himself. How did he do that? He found the principle that said, Peter, if you love me. Not if they love me. If you love me, guess what? Feed. 
I want to ask you a question. Can you feed when people are against you? I want to ask you a question. Can you feed when they're not saying what you want them to say? Can you feed God's children? Can you feed God's people even when you don't understand them? You can put it on something. I'm done. The only way we are going to be able to stand men of God. The only way we're going to be able to stand people of God. And this day. You got to learn how to be in love with the father. And find your contentment. And your peace in him. He lives in you, so you need to find him in you. Feed my sheep. I don't know about y'all, but after you deal with a couple of people, you're like, I'm tired. I ain't feeding nobody. <laughs> Go give me something to eat. I'm about to eat this piece of chicken and watch this movie and get a bucket of ice cream and chill out. I had enough with this one. Even though you don't understand, can you feed? Peter, they are rebellious people. They're going to, listen, they are not going to agree with you. They, they're going to even try to, listen, they might even try to stone you. But are you able to feed them? See, the problem is we only feed according to what people do to us. That's why most of us only can minister to church folk. If I give you a, 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 somebody on the street, a drunken, you'd be like, no, Pastor, that's, that, that's past my ministerial obligation. Now, how long have you been in church? And that's past your ministry. I'm not stepping on your toes. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Because we've learned to only deal with our circle. And, that's, and we're frustrated with that. Like Christians say today, I don't want to deal with nobody. Have you read your Bible lately? I, 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 listen, I understand what we're saying. But God is saying for us to get this generation right, for us to get fathers in place, we got to learn how to feed beyond the response of what they're doing out there. You got to learn how to feed beyond the response of what they're saying out there. Even in your home, you got to learn how to feed beyond it. How are you going to be so angry with your own children that you can't feed them? That is disheartening to me when people can deny their own children. How do you deny your own children? Because of what they are not. Do y'all know how disheartening that is? It's the it's your seed, but oh, we got a generation of it. I'll hear people say, well, "Let them." You just let. I don't care how. Old, listen, I don't care how old my children get. If you got my name on and my inheritance on your stuff, you want to touch this? Ah 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 ah! I will. Uh uh. The door is gonna be open. 
Now, you know, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. But if you're not serving the Lord, I need to know how to be wise with the counsel of God to dismantle every rebellion because somewhere I misplaced order. Somewhere I misplaced what? And I have allowed the adversary to come bring a new narrative in you. So was it your fault or was it mine? Now, we're not playing fault here, but what I want you to understand something, because you can't do what you don't know. You hear what I'm saying? You can never do what you don't know, but it's never too late for what God can dismantle and remantle in the hearts of the people. I believe of men can raise up. I believe a father can fathers can raise up and get out of pride and get out of these systems of the mind, get out of these things that are they, they think that are holding them strong and they can really learn how to love the Lord, their God and learn how to encourage themselves. Why do you need to learn to encourage yourself? Because we living in a day that listen, the woman is woe out, too. She worked all day. Her feet is swollen. She just cooked all day. And you coming home like, hey, I'm the man. Hey, this, that generation is. Over. I'm so sorry. You got to learn how to pull from some other stuff. Yeah, I know. I'll be walking in the house, honey. What's wrong with you? Take this baby, huh? Yeah, honey. What you talking about, honey? Honey, you boy, honey. You better honey somewhere else. Yeah, you got to learn. You got to learn. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? We live in a different time. We live in a different generation. And if we don't know how to pull from the soil and the anointing of the almighty God, ending in himself, encourage yourself. Men need encouragement. But I'm talking to the God man. You got to learn how to encourage yourself in these days. I'm going to say that again. I'm talking to the God man. You got to know how to encourage your self in the Lord. David had to learn to encourage him. He had nobody else. When you've done all to stand, guess what? Stand. Stand to your feet. The Bible tells us to encourage those with the same encouragement that you've received from God. Which means I can't give you what I haven't received. I can't give you what I haven't received. Beyond the money, beyond the job, beyond everything else, your family needs you. And they need the God particle of you. They need the God you. Why? Because through that, there's an anointing that covers, that keeps, that protects, that covers, that keeps, that protects. And when men can stand and get their strength from God, they will not be withheld from anything. God will, listen, God will not withhold anything from you. But when men establish, this is twofold, when men are establishing the God rule of their home and their life, we need those around us to be in honor and encouraging. 
Somebody say, honor your husband. Honor those men. Even if they wasn't there, honor them. It might be the only thing they've ever heard for a possibility. I don't think men and fathers just wake up and say, I don't want to be in somebody's life. I don't think they just decide to just be wrong and bad. I, I don't think that. I think that because we haven't got the house in order. When God says, I got to get the house, the church, the ecclesia in order. What do you mean? What do you think he gets in order first? The only way he can get this house in order is if he can get that house in order. I would encourage you today that God is sending a stream and a spirit of father ring. He's sending a spirit of strength, comfort, counsel, that we can have the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding to lead and be leaders. Be decisive leaders. Somebody say decisive leaders. Which means you can't be confusing leaders. You got to be decisive. You got to know what you're doing. Know what you're saying. Know what God is saying. Come on. You can find out what you need to do. But you got to be decisive in your thought patterns. Don't act. Don't say the wife talk too much when you always don't know what you're talking about. You got to know something. And how do you know something? You got to fall on your face. And Jesus is going to ask you a question. Hey, do you love me you're gonna say yes i love you you didn't hear me do you love me i know she telling you some crazy stuff i know she told you to take out the trash roll i know you i, I know they're calling out for money i know they need the bills paid they, you you haven't even took a rest today but i need you to understand something if you love me feed them when everybody is out of strength I need men to stand up and feed. Feed, feed. But you can't feed where you're not fed. Somebody say, I can't feed where I'm not fed. Which means if you've been somewhere and you've not been fed, you need to get fed. What are you going to give if you never fed? You can never go beyond the capacity of your feeding. Y'all hear what I'm saying? God is giving you the instruction and the agenda to raise up children. God has given us the instruction to be the forefront to be the foundations of households and not only those households God is calling you to be spiritual fathers to children whether natural father or not there but if you don't have a love beyond what somebody say and do you will always be conditional to the movement of the flesh are y'all hearing what I'm saying I declare that today we're not going to be conditional. 
But we're going to have unconditional love. Unconditional love for our families. Unconditional love for our children. Unconditional. Come on. When you get that unconditional love, God give you the spirit of counsel. He gives you the spirit of might. Then you can arise and wake up and you realize, you know what? I'm already died to this life. And the real, my real life is hidden in Christ Jesus. Come on. I didn't come here. To, come on, come on. It, it doesn't matter. I'm going to give what I, God has given me. It's by the grace. He said, I'm, I'm out of strength. Guess what? I, I'm going to pour whatever I have left in Christ Jesus. He said, my grace is sufficient for you in your weakness. Wherever you're weak, I am strong. A father, speak life to those children. Speak life to that home. Speak life, life, life. Make life happen. When the voices of fathers arise, the devil, it's hard for him to take anything down. Last, encourage, encourage, encourage. Encouragement equips fathers. Encouragement. They're not going to glean from it. They're going to glean from God. But your encouragement can help them. It shows them honor. It shows them respect. Women might need love, but men need respect. You ever been in the house? And, and you know, the, the women say, well, you don't love me. <laughs> and the men say, you don't respect me. Like, what did that have to do with respect? And the man thinking, like, what did that have to do with love? We're speaking in our natures. Which means respect makes a man gird up his loins. Stand a little longer. But love makes a woman yield to that respect. Let's get our houses in order. Let's counsel those to put their house in order. 